0: Be seated. This is a truly momentous occasion. I've been here almost thirty years, and I do not recall ever hearing a sermon about J.L. and the tent peg. (laughs) This is the first time. It may be indeed a first at Virginia Seminary, Um, and I thank Sean for giving (laughs) giving me the tent peg text. Now, of course, to do a good job with this text, I had to consult a few experts. And fortunately, Professor Marty came to my rescue because one of her students, she has a class where people write hymns. And one wrote a hymn on JL and the tent peg. I won't read you, I won't sing you the whole thing, but it's uh, to the tune of In Christ There Is No Easter West. And I'll read you the relevant climactic part. I'll sing you the relative climactic part. Sisera fled to Jael's tent, and there he sought her aid. After some milk he was content, Sisera's head he laid. Then brave Jael she grabbed a rod, and his head she did pierce. Deborah and Barak, they thanked God, J.L. had been so fierce. (laughs) Thank you. I thought uh, this was Casey Duncan's uh, work, but uh, Marty couldn't be here and she felt very bad, but she's up at General Seminary scoping out the the organ, seeing if it actually can still (laughs) can still work up there. So uh, this text has so much action and so much power. I think uh, we should just have a very short 10-second dramatization So we already have Jael and her tent. This is up north now uh, Sisera the evil Canaanite general who was oppressing and killing people He's lost to Barak and, and the judge Deborah and uh, Barak chases Sisera. All the Canaanite evildoers are Defeated in battle, but Sisera runs for the hills and he runs for like miles Up and down the, the whole coast of Israel Up, up to the north near Hatzor to to uh, Jael's tent, so we need a volunteer to be okay to be Sisera All right, and uh, I will be I will be uh, Barak and we're gonna we're gonna see if we can catch him <laughs> Now, notice the Hebrew. There's a lot of Hebrew uh, clues to the humor of this text. And one is the command, turn aside, turn aside, which is Sarah, Sarah, Sisera. So she knows who he is. She is not a, uh, she's by no means an innocent bystander. She is on the side of Israel and she knows what's happening. She's got the clue. And, uh, like our saint today, Thalke, she is a fierce and brave woman, because normally after a battle's over, if a warrior enters a woman's tent, it's not the woman who's overpowering the, the hero, but it's the hero who's probably going to rape and kill the, the woman in the tent. So she's incredibly, incredibly brave. And also, J.L. has a stake in this matter. <laughs> Uh, Do you know why the VTS Board of Trustees has to take uh, JL seriously in their deliberations? She's a stakeholder (laughs) Um, As for Sisera, one time he he went into he went right into a bar Do you know what he said? Sisera said uh, God it hurts when I slam my head into a bar but not as bad as that tent peg. <laughs> okay, you guys are still. <laughs> at least Katie is. <laughs> at least Katie is getting some of these. Uh, some of these humors. Okay. Um. So, J.L. is this powerful, incredibly strong woman that we're celebrating, and she really shrinks Sisera down to size. This is all about the triumph of female womanhood, salvation in a female major key, and manhood is kind of put in its place. Uh, there's plenty of humor in the text. In uh, verse 20 of the text, in Judges 4, Sisera instructs her as to what to do. The NRSV doesn't quite capture it. He says, If anyone comes, Jael, and tries to find me in the tent, this is uh, this is what they'll ask. Hayesh ish, hayesh fo ish, is there a, a male, a man in the tent? And the answer is, nope. And you can, she can say that with complete honesty. There's, there's no man in this tent. There's just a very fierce and uh, powerful woman. So you're already beginning to get the hint that salvation is a very female Thing in this uh, in this text and it becomes even more clear as Jael begins these mothering duties He asks for water which is ironic because one of the ways that the divine warrior defeated The canaanites is pouring down so much water that the horses get stuck in the mud So this poor guy <laughs> still hasn't gotten enough judgment yet, but she gives him kefir I recently discovered kefir you can buy it at trader joe's or in the yogurt section. It's pretty It's pretty good, but it's a very motherly act. She tucks him in under the rugs and the the blankets, but it's kind of a reverse mothering because uh, then twice, if you uh, read verse 27, two times the text emphasizes that he falls right between her legs. And if it said it just once, then it would be my crazy imagination, but twice he falls between her legs. So she's, she's giving birth. Not to Sisera so much as to God's people who are birthed by this act of defeating this general who had been raping and terrorizing and killing, killing the Israelites. So it's a very female motherly type of salvation. She is literally, if we're doing puns, she's literally delivering God's people to to salvation and dealing with this evildoer, this terrorist, this rapist. So I think one of the things that's really interesting, just to do a bit of theology, what do we do with a God who's both delivering God's people being incredibly merciful, but also being a little bit wrathful towards poor, poor Sisera? And I think we have to kind of address that, but it gets at God's core identity, God's core character. There's a little poetic refrain about God that's repeated over and over again in the Bible. God is merciful, merciful, gracious and kind, um, forgiving to the thousandth generation, but also not just looking aside when evil raises its head, but after two or three generations, putting a stop to it. uh, Literally punishing the parent's fault as it continues to appear in the children. So this text, the the most uh, pronounced Version of it is in Exodus 34 6 through 7 and it's often people often wonder well Why is that fair to punish the the children for the? parents fault well if the parents fault, you know if the uh, the seed doesn't the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree or the, the The son is walking in the father's footsteps or if it's a chip off the old block It's not just the parents fault. It's the parents fault in the children and we get sister's mom in this text in Chapter 5 verse 30 in the poem. She's waiting for Cicero to come home. Sadly. He's never he's never going to get there But what is how is she consoling herself? Um, the Hebrew was really rude and I won't even translate it but uh, She says well, you know why he's so long in coming because there's so many women to rape that he hasn't uh, Hasn't been here the text just says it. one girl two girls for each uh, each uh, soldier, but the closest I can get that I can say in chapel is one bed warmer, two bed warmers for, for each chapel, each, uh, each warrior. So this uh, trait of rape is something he inherits from the mom. So I think this is a really good illustration of why God does have to step in sometimes and be merciful to the thousandth generation if there's a chance for transformation, but also if there's a growing terror to be to have a limit to that patience one generation two generations often four generations but eventually no stop so that's kind of the hard word but I think uh, we should end on a little bit more of a positive note um, I went to see what origin said about this text in 240 and of course this is really good he took the tent peg the wooden peg as the cross and um, So instead of we should all take up our cross, I think we can start to talk about all taking up our tent pegs. And by that, and this ties in a little bit, I hope I don't do damage to your sermon, Kate, but the idea that the cross really is an instrument for putting to end all of those features in all of us. You know, Sisera isn't the other, Sisera is what all of us have as a shadow inside of ourselves. Take up that tent peg. Put that, put that down. But also, a take home, I think, is this model of mutuality. Even in the person of a stranger, a foreigner, a woman, she's not Hebrew, she's not Israelite, she's Kenite, she's powerless. Why does God deliver Israel from a foreigner, from a woman, from somebody who's marginal or, or peripheral? It's just impossible to ever say that the God of either testament is playing favorites with ethnicity, playing favorites with race, playing favorites with gender. Because time and again, God purposely delivers through the other, through the foreigner, through the one who's, who's different. And that holds up the other and commends the other, the foreigner, the peripheral to our love and, and care. And again and again, as with folks like Rahab, uh, as with folks like Ruth, it's the foreigner, the other, who most most exemplifies these virtues of covenant mutuality. And so Jael, putting her own risk, her her possibility of her own violation, her own death on on the margins, she is the one who sides with Israel to defeat this rapist. And even her name, if you play a little bit with the Hebrew, so I've got to get all of my uh, my plugs for taking Hebrew in. I've given you at least four. Here's the fourth one. She she's called the Achet Hever. The Achet Hever is uh, the most common on V translation is the the wife of Hever, the Kenite. But Hever, those of you who've taken Hebrew with with me. One of the first songs we we learn is Shalom Hevarim, Shalom Hevarim. Peace, um, unity, uh, mutuality, O oh comrades, Hevarim, co vassals, those together under, under God. So she is not just the wife of hever the Canaanite, but in her own right, she is a co vassal woman, a mutuality woman. That's what. That's what this little phrase means, if you learn a little Hebrew. And I think that's, the, that's one of the take-homes. And it's not something that we possess as Episcopalians or as the rich or the privileged, but it's something that we can learn a lot about from the other, from the peripheral, from those of other gender identifications. And I think that's a real blessing, amen. As we gather here at Virginia Theological Seminary from around the globe seeking God's reign in this world, let us pray saying, In the Spirit we plead, Hear us, O God. O God, we give thanks for the many blessings of this life, especially for the beauty of all creation. In the Spirit we plead, Hear us, O God. O God,